the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560. WFIL.com. And on the app. Take your pick. You get the app on our site free, by the way, WFIL.com. It's the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. We're here each weekday, 4 till 5, having a lovely time, if I do say so myself. A lot of interviews. We have contests. Hopefully encourage you in your walk with the Lord. And if you're not a believer in the Lord, we hope that that'll be a decision you make. But in the meantime, I hope you feel free to tune in, listen in, consider and also be encouraged in your day-to-day, too. Sixers at Boston tonight, 7.30. Last night in basketball, LeBron James becoming the number one scorer in NBA history, passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who had been the uh, the number one scorer in history for the last 38 years or so, thirty almost 39 years, since I was in 10th grade. That goes back a bit. April 5th, 1984 is when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar became number one. Prior to him, Will Chamberlain. Probably heard of him. He was the top scorer in terms of career points for close to a couple of decades, starting in the 60s up until 1984. Then Kareem, and now for 40, whatever that is, 40 years, 38 years. Now LeBron James at the top of the pile and still playing, still scoring. Flyers are home tomorrow night against Edmonton, 7.30. And just mentioning, uh, you know, we were working with Preborn during the month of January, Sanctity of Human Life Month, looking to provide free ultrasound sessions for pregnant girls and women who might otherwise choose to end their pregnancy. And the goal was 500. We landed at 508. Then we thought it was 502. Then it was back to 508. And now, just so you know, actually had a few more folks help out. Uh, as it worked out, we weren't asking, but people were still, I guess, uh, you know, if you if you go online and the web browser saves your page, I, I think that might have been what happened. Or if folks jotted the number down and wound up calling it a few days later. But anyhow, we got another report from Preborn that were actually up to 523 ultrasounds. So that's even better. Another a dozen or two have come in. So, again, thank you to everyone who helped out during the month of January. And it's a real blessing to work with preborn because it's not just the ultrasounds that are being provided and an opportunity to see a, a baby and uh, hear your baby's heartbeat, but also the ongoing support that preborn offers. So we're glad to be working with them each January. And uh, several thousand of these ultrasounds have come through in the last few years. So way to go. It's part of what WFIL is all about. During the year, we have different ministries that we partner with and look to raise support for and awareness for and all of that. And 
uh, basic things, Bibles, and uh, you know, often is that we're transmitting God's word. We work Transworld Radio in the fall a lot of times, and uh, with Save the Children, generally in, in March or April, we work with them and help rescue children. So, like, there's a lot of basic, fundamental things I think everyone can identify with, and we're glad to be able to do that because. When it's all said and done, you know, what we're doing here matters. The programs you get to hear, be encouraged by, and the contests and the information, all that's all good, very good. But it's also good to know that we were in a tangible way doing something with those things. And so these opportunities are part of the fabric, I like to say, of the radio station. They're not an interruption or something totally different. It really should be part of what's going on. Uh, today, we are very excited. We have a couple of uh, guests joining our program. Uh, the first is Dave Peterson, who is the owner-operator of Briner Chevrolet in Jenkintown. And uh, we, we've known him for many, many years. Every once in a great while, uh, we'll connect, and he will just kind of update us on what's going on. And I texted him the other day, and I said, you know, do you have a few minutes sometime this week? He said, yeah, Wednesday works for me. Uh, because you know, you've been seeing you know, ads for this. Uh, if you, you, I think uh, Super Bowl ads talking about electric cars. You're noticing I was at Giant last night getting a, a, doing a midnight run uh, for something, and uh, I saw they had you know, charging stations, and you're seeing that more all over. So he's going to call in and just kind of update us a bit on that whole scene. So looking forward to that because it's, uh, you know, he's been doing this his whole life, uh, four generations at Briner, and he's seen it all, including from soup to nuts. So I'm interested to hear his take on the latest on electric cars. Uh, also looking forward to Anna, uh, Anna Fisher, who's an astronaut. She just retired a few years back. And Meredith Bagby, who's an author. There's a book called The New Guys, The Historic Class of Astronauts That Broke Barriers and Changed the Face of Space Travel. And it revolves around the class of 78, uh, the never-before-told uh, story of NASA's class of astronauts from that year, the first year that astronauts became more representative of the whole country. Uh, so it would include the first American woman, the first African-American man, uh, and another, uh, you know, firsts. And uh, Anna Fisher, the first mom in space. And so this book talks about that, talks about the Challenger tragedy and some other things. So Anna and Meredith both joining us on the program, and we may even shoehorn in some other stuff this hour, too. So that's all happening. And as I'm thinking about, mentioning that Dave Peterson's going to be uh, checking in, let's um, let's do this gift card thing because Brian or Chevrolet, uh, we have some gift cards courtesy of them that we give out every now and again for Dunkin', Panera, Rita's, and Wawa, and Chick-fil-A, if I didn't mention them. $5.60 increments. So if you'd like one, just text the show line during the hour and we'll get you one. We just need your address and zip so we can mail it out properly. Uh, the number for the text line is 610-500-DOVE. 610-500-3683. Text anytime this hour. And uh, if you do that by five, one per household is one stipulation. And if you want in the past month, then we ask you to sit this one out. But otherwise, it's an all-skate is certainly with Briner Chevrolet uh, joining us today for a little bit makes even more sense to do. We do this every once in a while, and today we'll make it again. Uh, the text line again, 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Just need your name, address with the zip, and your preference. Chick-fil-A, Dunkin', Panera, Rita's, or Wawa. It's Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL. Dave Peterson joining us next on WFIL. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 
It's 412 on the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL in Philadelphia, and we're glad to bring on board Dave Peterson, owner-operator of Chevrolet, Jenkintown, Pennsylvania. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Hey, Timmy, how are you? Good to talk to you. Yeah, it's been, been a, a while. while. It certainly has been. It has. How was Christmas yes. and everything for you? Excellent, excellent. It's always a great time of year, you know that. It's true. Well, I'm glad it really we're, is. we're spinning into the new year, and... I guess the last time we talked, it was kind of staying the course because we've talked you know, a few times over the course of the last year and the supply chain thing and repairing your current car rather than buying new seemed to be the course often, not always, but easier to do that than try to find something new, but not that you couldn't find new. All that said, and the premiums you're paying for everything, where do things stand now with maybe that? And we would definitely want to talk about electric cars and vehicles too. So you take okay. it, what the status, what's the state of the union, if you will? We had that with the president last, was it last night? What's the state of the car union? So to speak? I didn't watch that. Did you watch that? I, I didn't watch it. I did not. I was, I was shopping, but I, I was, I was in bed, I think. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> gotta yeah. get you sleep, you know. That's um, true. Well, the, the um, chip issue, the semiconductor issue has somewhat subsided, but it's still not where it was pre 2020 as far as new car volume. They're still predicting this year there will be 3 million less vehicles produced worldwide than there were pre-2020. So Hmm. it hasn't subsided yet. The pricing on vehicles has come down somewhat, which is good news for the consumers, somewhat. But but in conjunction with that, interest rates have risen a little bit, so it's it's probably a wash. A a wash, yeah, really, really. So okay, but but we're getting there. They're predicting probably by next year this chip thing is gonna gonna go away. I mean, I have I have all kinds of horror stories. We got a guy with a just for instance, we have a, a good customer that ordered a Silverado uh, last May, and it's still sitting in, in Mexico <laughs> no in, a, in a in a in a lot in a build shy status or status. That's what General Motors called build shy. I mean, you have modules missing, something like that. So now this is here. We're coming up on a year, but I mean that's just wow. some of the nonsense that goes on with this semiconductor. So, like, thing. like it's mostly ready, just not completely ready. So we yeah, can't it's send it. Sitting there, build shy. Get it. It's kind of like it's built without a couple of parts. Those parts are electronic parts. So okay, go figure. So as a, as far as your, the inventory in general goes, uh, you know, obviously you want to have stuff to sell. Has that improved a bit? Like if someone it's, stops by. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the inventory is definitely up probably 30% for 40%. Okay. Maybe 50 It depends, you know, when we get shipments and, and stuff stuff like that. But okay. uh, it, it's way better. It's better. So so for someone who's thinking about a car this year, is it still – is it maybe kind of a little more of a possibility that something new is going to be okay to do versus um, retooling what they have and repairing, extending its life? Or is I, it, would say, yeah. I would say you're correct. Uh you're going to have a better selection, not what it used to be at all by any means, but you have a better selection. What a lot of dealers are doing now is selling vehicles inbound. In other words, ones we've ordered, not particularly for anybody for stock, and we're selling those. Uh, you know, we can we can tell about when they're going to be delivered, and we'll sell them before they're even here. Wow! Because most customers with the internet, they they know what they want. They've looked, they've shopped, they've probably kicked tires somewhere, and yeah. so that's been happening a lot the past year and a half. Interesting. But we're not we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Okay, you just tuning in, Dave Peterson, uh, owner operator, Browner Chevrolet. 
with us uh, today on the Tim DeMoss Show. And uh, parenthetically, I mentioned a little earlier, we have gift cards we give out in conjunction with Briner every now and again. And today, if you want to text in and get one by uh, 5 o'clock, we'd be glad to hook you up with one. As long as you haven't won in the past month, we'd like to spread the wealth around. $5.60 cards to Dunkin', Panera, Rita's, Wawa, or Chick-fil-A. You just text us at 610-500-DOVE, and uh, that's 3683 and we will uh, we just put your name and address in there with a zip so we can make it quick and, and turn that around. What's today? Is today Wednesday? Today's Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. Victoria's here. Uh, yeah, today's Wednesday, <laughs> which means the cards can go out tomorrow. We do a lot of mailings on Thursday, right? If I decide to do it, no, no, of course. <laughs> so, yes, they go out tomorrow. Generally, <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so that's the hope. Uh, anyway, so it's just a fun way of encouraging uh, interaction with the audience and also just with each other. Take someone out for coffee or a couple waffle fries or something. Um, on the electric uh, car, we're in that world. What are you seeing? Because I can see how people might poke a stick at it a little bit, and then they're starting to see more people with them. Any thoughts you have on that whole world? A lot. Of, I got a lot of thoughts on it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Take your time. Elect, electric cars. I'm not against electrification of car, automobiles. I'm really not. There is a time and place for, for those vehicles. Right now, less than 1% of all vehicles on the road are electric. Okay. 5% of all new vehicles sold, period, all new vehicles now are electric. So it's ticking up. People are starting to accept them. If I were going to uh, give advice to our listeners about whether to buy an electric car or not buy an electric car, um, where are you? first thing you've got to ask yourself, where am I going to charge this vehicle? And I'll give you a good example. Because you have to charge them every night or, or every other night, depending on if you, if how many miles you drive a day. But right. Um, an example is my daughter lives in Fishtown with her husband in a row home, right? Right. And there is no parking down there. I mean, y- y- you fight for a spot. You know, you're never going to have a spot in front of your house. So where are you going to plug that vehicle in when you come home from work or come home from a trip or something like that? You really can't envision that. How do you how do you do that? Right. So that's not a good candidate for my opinion for for having an electric car and have some somewhat an ease of charging a vehicle because when you charge a vehicle at home on on a you know a regular outlet in your house yeah you're going to take 24 hours 18 hours to charge that battery from fully empty to to full wow. charge okay so you got to do it overnight so it's got to it's going to take a while to get to do that now, there's various other levels of charging that you can get out on the road, but there's not enough. There are not enough of these these um, higher-speed chargers out there to um, to facilitate buying one, I think, for somebody that goes on long vacations and yeah, uh, likes to, or has to really, really drive. Like in Texas, you might drive 90 miles one way to work. Probably not a good idea to have an electric Silverado or, some, or a traveling salesman. Or somebody that's always on the road. Sure. So that's something you need to consider because when you go to go into a charge, even a higher speed charger that are out there, we have we happen to have two or three of them here at Brian's. We have to we have to fix these things. We're, we're, they're slowly coming in, you know. So, but um, you're going to sit there. You're going to be there two hours, four hours. You better take a book. Okay. So it goes you from know? being double digits to single digits, but still, it's a number of hours where. If you need yeah, to go exactly. right away, you're not going to have that option. And right. we're we're talking fully electric cars. We're not talking hybrid, fully electric. right? Fully you electric, correct. not hybrids. Full electric. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it, go, go into a gas station. You're ten minutes. 
Right. And if you go down any interstate, I don't care what interstate it is, at every exit, there's gas stations. Do you think that it's uh, it's still in its infancy in, in a way that maybe there's wisdom in waiting, you know, one more car cycle, maybe maybe buy, you know, a not electric and let the world do some of that for you so you can let it, the technology speed up. So, you know, in two years or three years, now there are those charging stations everywhere and you can get it down in an hour or something rather than maybe, you know, technology advances uh, rather than be the guinea pig on the front end, so to speak. I'm some people, I, think, I, you know. I think what I told you, if you have a – like in suburban Philadelphia, if you have a garage and all, you can pull in every night and charge. Okay. Buy one. And if, if you're not going to be a, a, you know, on the road all the time, back and forth to work, they make total sense to me. Okay. And right now with the price of gasoline, yeah. I mean, every, every municipality in the country has different rates for electricity. But right now with the price of gas – Electricity is a cheaper gas. Um, I shouldn't say gas tank fill, but a, a cheaper fill. When you fill the tank with electricity, as opposed to filling that same capacity or same size car with gasoline, the electricity is cheaper. Right at this point. Yeah. Now, now if we can ever get back down to pre-Biden uh, White House days, when the gas was, you know, at a what is it, a half of dollar a gallon, now. right? Two it, or it gets it, it gets close, almost parity. But that's a good point. I think people forget that plugging it in does cost them something also. Oh, heck yeah. Right. Heck yeah. So it's not like it's and, free. <laughs> and when you plug in on the road, what are the, you know, like Tesla has, has the best system out there on, on charging stations for their owners. You pull up in a Tesla, the, car, the charging station immediately knows your car, has your credit card, and it automatically bills you. And all the Tesla stations, charging stations, um, will only charge a Tesla right now at this point. Nobody really? else can charge. They have a different connector on the vehicle. Totally. Now, Tesla says they may start opening it up to other types. You have to have a Tesla adapter, you know, to, to charge your own car. But he, Musk has figured it out. I mean, he had like a, what, a five, eight, ten-year lead on all this. Right. He's figured it out. So That's Tesla's interesting. Are, yeah, it really is, I, I think. Well, I mean, the idea of... Way ahead of the game. And feeling taken care of, like uh, my brand, uh, it takes care of me wherever I go. In a way, rather than just uh, you know universal uh, taking you know because then I could see that the Tesla owners seeing that as a perk to buy a Tesla in the first place because they know that they have that right. But if they have to wait in line because someone else is at their Tesla station, now it's a little less special than it was before. And that may happen. You know, Tesla's partnered with Wawa's. You know, those kind of chain gas stations. Yeah, and they have. You'll see a lot of Tesla chargers at those points. But there's still not near as many of those as there are gas stations around. Okay. So you're going to travel longer distances to charge. Best thing, in my opinion, is tr- charge at home. Okay. The other thing to think of real quick about these is, is what's the advertised maximum distance the vehicle you're going to buy go on a charge? Because they can go anywhere from 180 miles to 400. Okay. So it, depending on your commute and w- what your daily driving is and that type of thing, you want to look at that too. So those are two things you really want to look at. Which that's at least in range, though the one eighty is on the low side, but um, you know the four hundred or the you know three two three four hundred range tends to be what most cars do anyway. So at least that matches what a person would need a car for. Generally the speaking, difference is it's a that's a premium car though. That's a probably a sixty eighty thousand dollar car. Yeah, that has the four hundred mile range. So oh really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Lots well, of bigger battery and you know the lithium and you know the 
gobs of lithium that these batteries used as expensive. So the cars are way more expensive. They're usually a little bigger and and all that. But okay. I mean, you know, another neat thing about these cars is they have regenerative braking, which is which means when you can take your foot off the accelerator, the the uh, the uh, motors that are being driven because it's moving turn into generators and start to recharge the batteries, the battery, the big battery too. So wow. kind of an interesting side side deal with electric cars. And that's part There's of how a lot you would... of pros. Well, I was going to ask you about that. If you're just tuning in, Dave Peterson is our guest today on the Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL Philadelphia. He's owner-operator of Briner Chevrolet in Jenkintown. You can find out more about them, brinerchevy.com online. And also, if you're just tuning in, we're giving away some gift cards today. And we do this every now and again. Now, Dave is on with us every, you know, once in a great while. Uh, but we happen to also today be giving away some gift cards. So if you'd like to get one, you can just text our show line, a $5.60 amount, in keeping with our frequency for Chick-fil-A, Dunkin', Panera, Rita's, or Wawa. And we'd be glad to mail one out to you as long as you have one in the past month uh, and one per household to 610-500-DOVE. That's our number for the show, and we, we mail these out. Uh, we'll mail a batch of them tomorrow, 610-500-3683. And, and why I like having you on, Dave, obviously you, you've lived and breathed this your whole life, uh, so maybe we'll, we'll cap our conversation in a little bit with that. I want people to know that, but I wanted you to continue because I was about to ask you about the other pro. People will assume electric car, the value is saving money on the gas or something, but what other pros are there compared to uh, having a, a car that does run on, on gasoline. Well, the, the big the, the big factor that you hear in the political realm of the world is the carbon footprint. Okay. They don't pollute the air because it's electric. There's no pollution at all. The car runs on electricity and there's no pollution. But, and I'm sure most of our listeners have heard this, where does the electricity come from and what powers those, <laughs> right? Right, right. And the solar stations aren't, aren't a to- an answer, if, maybe a tiny answer, but I mean, they cost a billion and a half a piece to build, you know. So, the, the, you know, most mostly charging, and that's just hydroelectric or nuclear, and, and you know, the, the, the Greenpeace people don't like nuclear, so you, fossil fuels are, are fueling most of these charging stations. So you're just transferring it from your driveway or the highway to wherever the, the the charging station is, you know, eight hundred miles away or wherever it is, but yeah. so it's not it's not a, a, a carbon neutral thing. You, you're you don't get something for nothing in this world. It's you're <laughs> right moving the moving the carbon issue down the street. So, do you think that it's uh, if you you know look down the road a bit, um, the role that electric cars will have in the in the world of automobiles and and vehicles, something that will just be something that is a, an ongoing player that is an option versus something yes. that may take not take over but become even preferred and eventually passes, uh, or there's going to always be enough people where there's viable options both ways that it, it'll both yeah. be around for a long time. It both be around for a long time. Uh, hydrogen fuel cells are starting to come into the picture too. That's that's. Uh, Carbon-free, you know, it's electricity. They make it from hydrogen. And their uh, Hondas and GM have a joint venture. They're, they're starting to build some cars. Trouble is, where do you get hydrogen at? You know, it's just it's like this electric. Where do you go fill up? There's n- the infrastructure is not there yet. And you saw the bill that they passed in Congress, you know, the trillion-dollar bill. They're trying to put these these charging stations all over the United States now because, you know, they they, they are in love with electric cars and I'm not so sure there's not a world for both right here, right now. 
and maybe forever. You know, I, I think I think we're going at it way too fast. Okay. So if you're going to buy one, just consider if you can charge them at home and you're going to use them around town and urban and that, I, I think they're wonderful. They're quiet. If you, if you have never drove one, go. You got to drive one. It, it's almost eerie. It's weird. They don't make any noise, <laughs> and they just and they just take off, and they're they're pretty snappy. Yeah. So electric motors, you know, they're they're hundred percent torque. So as you give them electricity, so don't yeah. need a transmission, right? Don't need an engine. So there's there's some maintenance issues too that you, you probably do away with with an electric car. That's what. And that's so, the other aspect I was at, I was thinking about the simplicity of the vehicle, comparatively speaking, less repairs. If that's there's there's less maintenance to do on the vehicle. Time will tell with the the. Um, the uh, electri- electrical electronics and all the, all that stuff. Time will tell how that plays out as far as owning one of these vehicles. Because there's a ton- you talk about you talk about uh, chips and semiconductors. These cars have ten times more semiconductors than a gas engine comparable vehicle. Okay. So not that they're going to fail or break the, but there's just that, that potential there. To, to have issues that you, you never would have on a gas engine, Which, but you don't have you don't yeah. have oil changes and all that stuff. Yeah, and to your point, then uh, you have another short, chip shortage. You're totally paralyzed because your yeah. car is that much more dependent on them than currently. Yeah, and then you have a supply issue of parts. You know that type of thing. If that happens again, it's fascinating. Hopefully it never will, but. <laughs> It is fascinating stuff. And, it uh, is. No, it is. Well, it really but, is. And this is what I was going to say. You know, folks may have heard you uh, on the program before, but it, it certainly bears repeating because you grew up. This is your life's work. And you're, what, fourth generation uh, with your fourth, son? Yeah. With your son, One Mike? third, my, Mike's fourth. Okay. So, yeah, we're into number four. Yeah. But you've grown up from sweeping the lot to working in service and seeing all the changes. Yeah. Uh, yep. What's the earliest car you remember or one of the earliest cars you remember being old enough to maybe, let's say, drive uh, or that you worked on, you know? Uh, some of the earlier cars I worked on were 57 Chevys. I'm giving my age away horribly. <laughs> 57 Chevys, Corvairs. Remember back in the day I yes. used to work on Corvairs because I was a technician. I worked on cars for a living. Yeah. Way back in the day, um, you know, electric, one other thing on electric cars—they've been around for a long time. We, back in the in the in the teens, nineteen, yeah, early turn of the century, there were three or four or five car manufacturers making electric cars, so they've been around. But the thing is, mileage, anxiety, and all that stuff that goes with them—you know—when you get somewhere and recharge. So you think that now? I mean, to to your point, they've been around for you're saying several decades. Couple, I would say I would 25 say twenty five years, more than that. Okay. From the nineteen ten, they were they oh, had a hundred. I thought you meant the, yeah. the late nine. Oh no, so you're saying they've been around that long? Early nineteen hundreds. Why do you think they, they got they, taken seriously more seriously then? Is it just because the world has become such a technological place? I that, think I think the the environmentalists and 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 the the, the okay the, uh, the leadership of the country right now is interested in this stuff yeah. because they disappeared completely. You know for six, seven decades. But now that, you know, with technology, they're able to produce um, and electronics, they're able to make these things run super clean. Um, the, the, elect- and the, yeah. the modules are all to control everything, charging, and this, the whole charging phase of these vehicles is so interesting but complicated, the way they charge and different level chargers that are out there. It's just fascinating to me. But Okay. So, t- I mean, there's, electric cars are going to be here, but I still think it's going to be a mix of hybrids and gas engines, Electric, uh, you know, and full electric cars. That's my, that's my my opinion. 
If, so, if someone stops we'll by, Briner, I mean, uh, again, this is ongoing, and you know, the, the sales folks there and all that, or, or talk to your son, Mike. Who, Mike is Mike is technically is he uh, GM or what is his role? Yeah, he's G, a GM and he's sales manager, G, general manager. When I'm not here, so. okay. And, and so, uh, if folks were, I'm just curious, you know, find someone they trust. I mean, someone they're close to, yeah, but yeah, they yeah. stop by your place, whatever. This is the kind of thing where you can get ask questions about that, not just oh, well, that car is really sure. cool looking. I want that car because I I know for me, next car for us is like so. What's wise? What's the you know as a believer? What's a good use of my funds that that God's given me? How do I steward this properly? Not shiny new toy, shiny technology, or I don't do it because of this or that. But like really, what's a wise way to use the resources God gives me? So that's the kind of thing I'd want to talk to somebody I can you know trust that has enough knowledge on it. Uh, to the, and that depends. Yeah. yeah, how many kids are? They? What do you do with the car? That right. type of thing. Do you have two cars? Can, cars can you afford to? Can you have a third one that you just run around with that's full electric? There's all kinds of things you have to consider. So okay. And the price range for these are they are they somewhat comparable? They're coming down. They're 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 they're, they're starting to get to get uh, really close to okay. um, uh, you know we call ICE the internal combustion engine vehicles. So okay. Okay. And with the GM, I mean, the, the factory, or not the factory, the governmental rebates, you know, they have stupid money on these things. Tax, it's tax incentive money, but still it's 7500 bucks on, on some of them, so. What's it like for you, do, do, you know, being in this world for so many years and then to see this technology emerge? And has there been anything else, you know, what, whether, I don't know, I, I'm showing my ignorance here, you know, automatic versus stick shift versus other things that have happened in <laughs> yeah. vehicles over the years. Is it fun for you to see, you know, the landscape change some or new options available or whether it's electric oh, or I, other I, ones? I love it, actually. I love the technology. I really do. And I, I, I just think the, the push is too hard on electric vehicles right now. That okay. everybody has to have one by 2035, right? That's what, they're, that's what the federal government's saying. Oh, really? I did not know that. Oh, yeah. everybody, You're not going to be able to buy anything but electric. And I'm going to tell you right now, ain't going to happen. <laughs> it just, there is no way this, this country will be ready for, for everybody to have an electric car. If you're going to buy a new car it's going to be ele- or a truck, it's going to be electric. Won't happen. You heard it here. <laughs> All right. Hope I'm around to watch so you can... Say you were right, Peterson, on the prediction, but I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. It'll really be in don't. the podcast. We can refer to this date in history. There you go, February eight, twenty twenty three. That's great, Dave. Uh, take, right. take one last second, if you would, because uh, the reason why you do what you do, you know, you love the Lord. We've talked about that. Your faith in Him, and uh, you know, Proverbs talks about: Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not serve before obscure men. And I know you have worked uh, very hard over the years to be diligent in what you do and your craft and serving God with your talents. But any aspect of your faith that, you know, how, how you view what you do, why you do it. And uh, I think that's important to people know that you're not just knowledgeable about these things, but really uh, no, no, why no. you do it. No, no, I love the business, number one. But number two, as I've told you about this before, I think I, I have a heart for missionaries. These folks that pack up and go overseas and and, and I – Part of part of the resources of this dealership support missionaries. That's just who I am. What I feel, I I just think it's so important, you mm-hmm. know. And and you know, missionaries that they come back after thirty years, and you know, they don't have much of a pension fund, and all. You know, it just, I just have a heart for these guys and gals, and it just, they're wonderful people. So, that's part of that's part of what I do here. Amen, amen. Well, we're glad to know you. We're glad to have known you, and Lord willing, for many uh, years you to too. come. 
and uh, keep up the great work. Thanks also for taking time to explain the, the different nuances going on right now in the market overall, but also with electric. That's real cool to know. That's great. Good. good. If anybody has a question, call just call here and ask for me. If I don't answer, just leave a message. I'll pick up, you know, I'll, I'll grab the message and call you back. That's great. Okay. That's great. There you go. Thanks, Dave. What's the main number right, over there? Eight eight eight. What was it? Eight eight six. Two one five eight eight six three one four zero is the main number. Two one five eight eight six thirty one forty. Okay, great. Just Google Brian or Chevy. It, it's uh, all the infos there. Yeah, Dave. Thanks again. All right, all right pal. God Good bless talking you. To you. You too. Take care. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. It's Dave Peterson, owner operator, Briner Chevrolet in Jenkintown. Uh, that's nice of him to offer that. Uh, so if you want to give him a call, he's happy to talk to explain some things. Two one five eight eight six thirty one forty is the number over at Briner in Jenkintown. And if you're just tuning in, you know, we've known Dave for many years. Uh, we have gift cards we give out uh, with Trivia Thursday and other times inter- intermittently. Uh, and today we're doing it as well, an all-skate. If you text us on our show line before 5, we will be glad to give you one of those gift cards. They're $5.60 increments, enough for you to get a couple waffle fries or a cup of coffee or something like that and share a conversation with a friend just as a thank you for listening our show line is 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. We just need your name uh, address with the zip so we can mail it out to you. And tell us which one you prefer. The five options are Chick-fil-A, Dunkin', Panera, Rita's, or Wawa. Thank you again for listening in. Quick break. Looking forward to bringing on two special guests in a moment. Anna Fisher, who's an astronaut. She just retired a few years back. Uh, first mom in space. And Meredith Bagby, who's an author who's collaborated with Anna Fisher and others from the class of 78, NASA's first class of astronauts that included, uh, you know, the first American woman, the first African-American man, and many others. The book itself is called The New Guys, the historic class of astronauts that broke barriers and changed the face of space travel. That's coming up next on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. AM560 WFIL.com and on the app. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. And a couple of special guests joining our program today, Anna Fisher, astronaut, and Meredith Bagby, author. They've teamed up with others, Meredith writing and Anna contributing with others to The New Guys, the historic class of astronauts that broke barriers and changed the face of space travel. Talking about NASA's class of astronauts from 1978, the first year that astronauts became more representative of the entire country. The first civilian astronauts hired for the new space shuttle program. Also in the book, talking about the Challenger uh, tragedy and other things like that. So we are glad to bring on board both Anna and Meredith today. Uh, how are you guys doing? Good. Glad to be here with you, Tim. Yeah. Thank you for taking time to, to join the show. And congratulations on uh, obviously being a very important part of this book, The New Guys. Uh, how did you and Meredith get together? What's the, the backstory to the creation of the book? Well, actually, Meredith and uh, some of the folks working with her contacted me. Gosh, I guess it's been about four or five years ago, right, Meredith? That's right. And um, so we've been talking on and off for several years. And and I have to say that uh, Meredith has really done her homework on this um, 
I'm uh, in the I'm about halfway through the book right now and I've skimmed it and you know she she takes what's a very difficult uh, story and technical things that are sometimes difficult to describe and and has done an amazing job of making it uh, very accurate and at the same time also uh, interesting uh, descriptions of all the people and the the uh, circumstances of, of, of our class. Yeah, Meredith, maybe take it from there as far as what, you know, the research you had to do, the the hearings, uh, what you were part of, got the research and all the other things, interviews, uh, and, and how much you knew going in compared to what you were learning as you were working on it. Yeah, well, you know, I was a child of the 80s, and of course, I followed the space shuttle as a young person and um, through the 80s and 90s, and it was really different. Um, once I got to see, you know, doing the research for this book, the kind of inside scoop about how all of this stuff got created. And, of course, the thing that I found the most surprising was that the, the shuttle, which at the time was the most complex piece of machinery that humans had ever created, was really a startup enterprise. And it was a test vehicle. And uh, the new guys and Anna's class and the, the, the early classes of the shuttle astronauts really were bootstrapping um, a lot of the work that they were doing and a lot of the missions. And there were a lot of near misses and a lot of close calls. And so seeing all of that and, and that enterprise and how hard it was was really impressive to me. Were there any twists and turns for you or even surprises that perhaps caused you to have to rethink or rework how you were approaching writing the new guys? Um, that's a great question. I mean, the hardest, I think the biggest challenge with, um, writing the new guys was, um, the number of POVs I had to follow. And we chose, I chose to follow the sort of 10 interesting people that they they call them of the class, which were the first six women and the first men of color. Um, and so following each one of those and sort of doing justice to each, um, biography, um, was the most challenging part of the book, I think. Anna, when you, um, became the first mother to travel in space in 1984. What did that mean to you at the time? And what does that mean to you now? Has it changed much? You know, I never, it was never my intent to be the first mom to fly in space. That was just, um, a, you know, a result of the, the circumstances and, and just how things uh, happened. Yeah. Um, I was actually surprised that, um, you know, my boss called me in when I was eight and a half months pregnant and and said he wanted to assign me to a flight. And um, I'll have to admit, I was quite surprised, but pleasantly surprised, one, that when I was getting a flight, number two, uh, you know, that he had confidence in me that I could be a new mom and train for my first space flight all at the same time. So, um, like I said, it wasn't my intent to, to do that. It's just that's just how it worked out. Um, in a way, you know, uh, I had hoped that my first flight I would not have other responsibilities so I could just focus on that. But in a way, it was a good thing because it, it allowed me, it, it didn't have me focus so much on just my flight. I had to, you know, divide my time between being a mom and being a good uh, crew person and my training and stuff. So it just, um, I, I think in some ways it maybe helped me uh, do it. Do I, I, I know that my personality is such that when I have a lot to do, I'm actually more efficient than when I have a lot of time to get something done. Interesting. Yeah, I think they call that Parkinson's law. Work expands to fill the time available. So if you have a, a you know a month to plan a wedding or a year, you'll take whatever time you have and you'll still get it done. Um, when you first went into space, I th- I'm thinking you know you could prep all you want, but 
anything compared to what you thought it might be? And, and did it change anything for you in terms of your perspective on life, the world? I'm sure, I, I guess it would have to almost. You know, um, our training was so good that even though we, uh, the, the two of us on my flight, Dave Walker and myself were the rookies, my other three crewmates had flown previous flights. Um, even though we had not been in space, you almost felt like you had because you had so many hours of training. You listened to all the stories from the folks that uh, went ahead of you that w went to space already so that other than the actual experience of launch and being there, you 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 really did feel very very well prepared, and um, you know there were just a few surprises and little things, um, uh, seeing meteors go below you. Wow! Never really thought about that before I flew <laughs> in space. Um, and the lighting, lighting was always a bit of a challenge because in the simulators, you could never exactly, you would see a sun in the visuals, but the sun didn't really radiate a lot of light. So, but those were about the only things that really were uh, surprising uh, on our flight because the training was so excellent. Last question for you. What are your, each of your hopes for the new guys? If you had to pick one or, you know, a main thing for those who pick up the, a copy. Gosh, you know, um, I think Meredith has done a really wonderful job of capturing the essence of, of our class, um, the excitement, the enthusiasm, the the risk, um, the, the bonding that we had, and really um, made it not um, uh, dull. I mm. think it's a very fun book to read, and I think people will really enjoy it. And I think there's some amazing stories. I think our class was a... 35 amazing uh, uh, people, each with their own unique story. And um, I think Meredith does a, a really great job of, of bringing that to life. Anna Fisher, Meredith Bagby, yeah. thank you so much for your time. Uh, Meredith, if you want to tack something on shore. Oh, yeah. I would just say I hope people have a great time reading this, and I hope it inspires more kids to go into space. Love it. Congratulations on putting it together. A lot of hard work, I'm sure. Thank you. You're welcome. You. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Dana Fisher, retired astronaut. She, uh, Victoria, was the longest-running uh, astronaut with NASA, I think, uh, close to 40 years. That's amazing. Yeah, and like three, four years ago, four years ago, she retired. She's in her 70s. Wow. And, uh, Sounds like she's 35. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Meredith Bagby, the author who um, wrote this book, the, the New Guys, the Historic Class of Astronauts that Broke Barriers and chased, uh, Changed the Face of space travel. That's the book that uh, just released, and so we're glad to have had both of them on. It's fun to have uh, some of these guests on just to hear their experiences. I can't imagine what it'd be like to be out in space. Uh, Anna Fisher made it sound like they did such great simulation and practice that it didn't feel that. I, I still right. think that's got to be. I would just think that being out in outer space, you'd be like, I'm hundreds or thousands, however far it is off the earth right now. Right. But like, it's like maybe they've gotten so good to the point where they just kind of replicate it and it feels, that's by the time she, they go, it feels the same. That's what she was saying. I'm still doubting it, but yeah. I'll take your word. I mean, for her, at least that's what the case was. It's hard to imagine. So, yeah. All right. So that's uh, that's our special guest there. Quick break. A few more things to run by here to wrap up the program just a little bit. Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com and on the WFIL app. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. 
It's 4.53 on the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL in Philadelphia. WFIL's Ministry of the Month for February, Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. You can catch our programs weekdays at 8 a.m., also 6.30 p.m., and we have a bonus airing of it at 9 p.m. We've been doing that uh, recently with our Ministry of the Month, giving it an extra play so you can get a chance to hear it. You know, we realize folks listen to the station at different times, so it's nice to provide multiple options if possible. You can also catch Turning Point several times over the weekend, and you can find out more about that. Just go to WFIL.com. Click the program guide link, and you can scroll through the different ministries. If you happen to enter this contest, we're giving away Dr. Jeremiah's book, Prayer, The Great Adventure, every weekday. On top of that, you pick up a God Specializes in Things That Are Impossible bookmark in the February 2023 issue of the devotional magazine, Turning Points. There's a grand prize winner in here as well that we'll be making who gets the daily prize I just mentioned, plus the David Jeremiah Study Bible and Prayer, the Great Adventure Book Study Guide CD set. So a lot to uh, win there. WFIL.com is where you do it. We have several folks who have won the book already, Victoria. Yes. Who do we got so far? Some people so far. We have Robin of Telford, PA, Tim of Richland Town, PA, and Melanie of Philadelphia. There's just a few of the daily winners. And they, who knows, they maybe they'll win the grand prize as well. There's still time to get entered at WFIL.com for that. Uh, also on our site, the Jesus Revolution movie giveaway, where you could wind up winning uh, tickets to see the film, which comes out the 24th of this month. Features Jonathan Rumi. He's uh, from The Chosen. Kelsey Grammer's in there. Uh, you know him from Cheers and Frasier and other. Kimberly Williams Paisley was with uh, Father of the Bride, those films. Uh, I believe she's the mom. Yes. And uh, Anna Grace Barlow and Joel Courtney all featured in this film. Uh, you can win tickets. You can win the book. And you might even win a trip for two to Hollywood to attend the red carpet premiere. Victoria, if you were allowed to win, but you're not, but if you were. Rub it in, is, is there something in, in your wardrobe right now you could wear to that red carpet gala, walk in the yeah, – you have stuff yeah. already? Oh, definitely. Is this is this your way of hinting that they're going to send me? Well, you never know. We need a correspondent out there. Yeah. You know, check yeah. things out. I have my outfit ready. I have my jeans and sweatshirt. <laughs> That's about all I have. Uh, not that my – actually, I, have, I shouldn't – I do have a tux. But, I, yeah, it is fun to think about dressing up and having fun out there. You could be that person taking a person along with you. You can actually enter this contest every day all uh, – uh, you know, the rest of the contest existence and sign up to win that at WFIL.com. Now, speaking of traveling out west, of course, folks are doing that, making their plans, Super Bowl – is coming up, and Fletcher Cox, one of their longtime players uh, on defense, was asked about what it's like to get back to his second Super Bowl, especially what we tried with Brandon Graham, right? Yes. Long time. BG. And Fletcher Cox was asked about what's it like to now go to a second Super Bowl with BG, Brandon Graham. It's special. Uh, I think I said the other day, like, it felt like uh, me and Brandon have been, been married for like 11 years, and he's one of the, one of my definitely favorite teammates. He's my locker mate, and, uh, you know, I enjoy being around him because, you know, it don't matter what we're going through, BG is going to be positive about it, I'll be positive about it. And, you know, I don't think there's sometimes every day where, where BG is having a bad day. And sometimes I got to ask him, are you okay? So it's always fun to go through moments like this with BG. That's BG. Well, that's he's talking about BG, Brandon Graham, and uh, Fletcher Cox there. And of course, Brandon Graham with the big sack of Tom Brady 
back in the last Super Bowl that the Eagles were in and won. Thank you very much. We're hoping for more of that. David Akers joined us on the program last week. What's going through the mind? Because this Sunday, when you're watching, maybe it's going to come down to a kick at the very end. Will he make it or will he not? Will we win? Will we not? What's going through your mind as a kicker? This is David Akers who joined us last week, the Eagles' all-time leading point scorer. You're paying attention to everything that's going on, where you need to be and how you need to be ready certain situation okay this is where we're going to be okay we're field goal range all right now now we're moving up okay this this is what the wind's doing this is what the field looks like in that area of the field okay we're good there footing the team all right we score all right extra point boom next series comes up all right we're, we're pushing towards midfield all right let me get get swinging in the net all right punt and then you, you kind of keep watching through that kind of aspect of the game and mentally, you're just kind of preparing yourself to understand that you are going to be possibly kick a game-winning extra point or a game-winning field goal. And that game-winning extra point might be the very first one. You might win 7-6. to six. And if you miss the extra point, you know, you're tied and you have to go in overtime and whatnot. But that ends up being the deciding factor early on. So if you put that mentality into play, you're ready for each and every aspect of the game when it comes to you because you just never know when that particular call is going to be the deciding factor. So when you're on the play, you get called to do it. You make the play. Yes, great. You move on to the next one. You don't know if that next one is the one that's going to be the deciding factor. So that's kind of the mentality I always kept. Former Eagles uh, kicker David Akers, I found that interesting that he was saying that he carries that pressure with him the entire game, not just at the very end. Thanks for listening in. Alistair Begg's up next. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.